The Old Premeds Podcast, session number 301. You're a non-traditional student entering the medical field on your terms. You may have had some hiccups along the way, but now you're ready to change course and go back and serve others as a physician. This podcast is here to help answer your questions and help educate you on your non-traditional journey to becoming a physician. Welcome to the Old Premeds Podcast. My name is Dr. Ryan Gray, your host here every week, where I take questions directly from the non-traditional pre-med form over at premedforms.com. Go sign up for an account if you haven't already. The Old Premeds Podcast is brought to you by Blueprint MCAT, and I want to talk about the MCAT Minute brought to you by Blueprint MCAT. Did you know, as we're recording this, it is March. We are in the heat of MCAT season. If you are applying to medical school in 2022 to start in 2023, one of the most common questions that I get is, when is too late to take the MCAT? And my date is the end of June. Can you take it later? You can, but it's potentially pushing back when medical schools will review your application, which may hinder your ability to get an interview because of rolling admissions. So ideally before June 30th, but you need to take it when you're ready. Go sign up for a free Blueprint MCAT account at blueprintmcat.com and use their study planner tool to figure out when is the best time for you based on your specific needs. So let's go and dive into our question today from a pre-med mechanic who now wants to go to medical school. She says, hey all, I started on the pre-med path traditionally, but when my daughter was born very sick right after graduation, I needed to focus on her. So now a lot of time has passed. I'm 31 now and looking at getting back on the path. I walked in graduation in 2012 at 21 years old but my entire last semester I was pregnant and in and out of the hospital with hyperemesis gravidarum and my grades suffered. I didn't know at the time that I could take a leave of absence. That summer, my school reached out and told me someone misaudited my transcript and that I actually needed two more classes for graduation. Then in October, my daughter was born with FPIES and mitochondrial disease and she was in the hospital more than she was out for the first year of her life. I finished my degree in 2014 and I'm still paying off my Perkins loan right now, so they won't let me see my transcript, yet I'd estimate my GPA is only about a 3.3 and my science GPA is only about a 3.0. In college, I worked as a TA and as a lab assistant and in an animal caretaking lab. I did some independent research, not published, just presented at a symposium, and some group research published but no authorship. I worked in a chronic pain clinic for a summer in 2011. Brief overview of life since getting my degree. I worked for an inpatient unit for a little over a year. In 2012 to 2013, I went back to school to finish those two dang classes. Then I had my second child and my daughter's needs continued. I shattered a primary care physician for about 40 years. I've served on the board of a foster youth nonprofit for six years, volunteered with that nonprofit as a development manager, securing grants, etc. And right now I spend most of my time volunteering as a mechanic for another nonprofit, diagnosing and repairing cars for free for veterans and the homeless. I've been a medical foster mom for almost seven years. I'm just above conversational in Spanish and due to medical fostering, I'm very familiar with medical Spanish. I'm studying ASL right now, 
but I know conversational signs due to having nonverbal kids over the years. I've adopted three more children and in the middle of an adult adoption for our oldest, so six kids altogether. Woo! I currently serve as a mentor for new medical foster parents, teaching them how to navigate insurance and support devices, feeding tubes, cardiac bladder stimulant devices, trachs, ostomies, etc., and how to coordinate care between multiple specialties, etc. For a year just before the pandemic, I worked as an office manager for private medical practices to include submitting and appealing insurance prior auths. But when I suddenly had four kids to homeschool, I had to let my contacts lapse without renewal. I have over 60 hours in TBRI training for interacting respectfully and successfully with individuals who have experienced profound trauma. I taught math and science for three years to grades 1 through 12. Last February, my son was diagnosed with AML. Ironically, pediatric oncology was the specialty I originally wanted to pursue. He's doing great now. I thought the physician career door was closed when my daughter was born. And I couldn't go to medical school right away, but now it's wide open since I spent six months living in the hospital during chemo, talking with all the students and residents and realizing that many of them were non-traditional too. So I'm busting through that door with all the mama bear energy of someone who's watched their children go through hell and live to tell the tale. Since most of my clinical experience is either a decade old or experience as a caretaker, albeit as a caretaker to many children with a plethora of diagnoses and interventions, the good news is that I have several physicians who will write glowing letters of recommendations for me. I know I need to fix that. Um, I also need a postback, probably. What are some things I can do as someone who currently lives in a very rural place to bring my efforts up to date? All right. So there's a lot here. And, and really, at the end of the day, the question is the same for any pre-med student. What do I need to do to show medical schools that I I want this, that I'm interested, that I've done the homework for myself to show you that this is what I want? And and so when we get to a lot of non-traditional stuff, especially non-traditional stuff like this, where the question really is, what do I need to do? The answer is the same for everyone. At the end of the day, the goal to get into medical school is first and foremost, prove that you're academically capable. I hate this kind of process that schools withhold transcripts to pay for loans. Like you have to pay us money or you can't get your transcripts. Like it's just an atrocious uh, process that schools have. So figure that out first and foremost. The next step, the, the next step after kind of figuring out where you're starting from is figuring out where you need to go. And you mentioned, yes, you probably need to do a postback. A postback is to show that you are academically capable right now of doing well in medical school. You can also look into that semester where you were pregnant and had lots of issues and you were like, oh, I could have taken a leave of absence you can potentially apply for what's known as a late withdrawal or, or um, a retroactive withdrawal, whatever your school calls it. So call the registrar's office and say, is there a process for requesting a late withdrawal from classes that I took in 2012 or whenever it was when I was in the hospital all the time because I was pregnant and I didn't understand the system at that time to know that I should have withdrawn from my courses? Go ahead and ask to see if there's a process. I've talked to many students who have done this successfully. It can be done depending on the school. So try to do that. 
But yeah, you need a postback program to show that you're academically capable of doing well in medical school. And so you probably need a year or two of classes. And if you're in a rural area that doesn't have access to schools, then you may need to do them online. And that may hurt you a little bit. But a lot of schools have kind of gone out the door with with online kind of restrictions because of COVID. And a lot of students are taking classes online now. Some continue to do, some are hybrid, whatever the process is. If you need to do online, then you potentially will need to do that. So you need classes. You probably need 30 or 40 credits, if not a little bit more, depending on your specific situation. It's not to get to a specific number for your cumulative GPA. It's to get to 30, 40, 50 credits at as close to a 4.0 as possible. That's the only thing that I care about. The final number matters much less, especially when you struggled early on. So you need a post back. You need clinical experience. Again, just like every other pre-med student out there, you need to put yourself around patients. And yes, you have lots of clinical experience being a caretaker. That shouldn't be your only clinical experience. Obviously, throughout the years, that's been your main clinical experience. And just based on total hours will probably be the bulk of your clinical experience. But taking care of your own kids is very different than taking care of someone else's kids. Even as a foster parent, you need to go out and take care of other people to make sure that you like taking care of other people, not just the people that live under your roof. So clinical experience, you need some shadowing, right? You need consistent clinical experience, consistent shadowing, just like every pre-med student out there. So there's, there's no difference. It's the same. You just happen to be in a different part of your life, different stage of your life, different part of the process, but you have ended back up in a spot where you need to do exactly like everyone else. Clinical experience, shadowing, grades, MCAT score, and apply. The difference that you have as a non-trad is you have a lot more of a story to tell when it comes to your personal statement, your activities, and interviews. That is where being a non-traditional student, especially with everything you've gone through, has separated you. So, grades, clinical experience, shadowing, just like every pre-med student out there. Good luck to you. You've been on a great journey. Hopefully that door is wide open for you and you can successfully run through it and live the life of your dreams. Don't forget to check out blueprintmcat.com to help you with your MCAT prep as well. And we'll see you next time here on the Old Premeds Podcast. This is MedEd Media.